Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. This is America. With your host, Rich Valdez. All right, America, this is Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, here 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City. To my right, Mr. Cementa. To my left, the Democratic Party. There's a whole lot going on right now with the coronavirus, and I really don't want to talk about that too much because I feel like that's what you're getting. No matter where you tune in, you're getting coronavirus. So if you're tuned in to me, we're going to try and keep it political. We're going to try and keep it gangsta. So I want to talk about, I want to tell you a story about last night. Last night, Talk Radio 77 WABC, an iconic radio station, one of the first three radio stations in America, once known as WJZ, officially changed ownership and was taken over by John Katzenmatidi's Red Apple Media. And it was truly a momentous occasion, so I just wanted to shout out the entire Red Apple team and everybody in my WABC family. It was a really nice time, and it was really encouraging to see how they passed the torch, somewhat literally and somewhat figuratively, obviously, but they actually passed the beacon, that red light that flashes on the tower that broadcasts the 50,000 powerful watts of WABC to Mr. Katsimatidis, which I thought was really cool because I'd never seen the beacon of a radio tower before, and we had one on the 17th floor, which was really cool. So kudos to WABC on that momentous achievement. Now, the other part that I wanted to share with you is somewhat coronavirus related, but not exactly. My brother and I were having a conversation not too long ago, and he tells me, trust me, Richie, trust me, you're going to see the military quarantining places. You're going to see the military forcing people to stay in their homes. And in my head, I'm thinking, Joe, you're out of your mind, out of your mind. The military, the the federal government is not going to use the military to quarantine people for this out of control flu. But lo and behold, it's not the federal government doing it. It's New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, who today has declared that he's going to use the New York National Guard to create a perimeter around New Rochelle, which has been the most infected area with the coronavirus in New York, with some 100 and some odd cases, I think 107 cases coming from New Rochelle. And the case in New Jersey, or at least 50% of the cases in New Jersey of the two that are being reported that are hospitalized, also came from this New Rochelle incident. So I'm of mixed emotion and I'm of two minds. I don't know exactly where my opinion falls on this. So maybe you can let me know. Let us know at Rich Valdez on Twitter uh, or at Rich Cementa if you have something bad to say. And of course, you can always check us out at richvaldez.com, richvaldez.com, therichvaldez.com is the website. But what I want to know is, is it appropriate at this stage for the governor to activate the National Guard when there's local police, county police, And there's also the Department of Homeland Security who has an entire, like, police department at their disposal. 
Is it premature? Is it theatrics? Is it politics? Is Governor Andrew Cuomo yet again posturing to set himself up to be a candidate in 2024? That's what my initial gut tells me. And I've got some gut on me. Trust me. I really do believe that Cuomo does not need to take these measures right now. But why not? It gives him a chance to trash Trump. He gets to trash Trump and he doesn't even have to run against Trump. He just gets to talk bad about Trump and then comes 2024 and it's an open field. There'll be somebody running on the Republican side, perhaps Mike Pence, perhaps someone else. Perhaps Devin Nunes, perhaps Governor Ron DeSantis. There's a lot of options. Or is Cuomo really doing what he believes to be the right thing? Let me know because honestly, the jury's out for me. I don't know. What I do know is that the media is stoking a lot of fear. An abundance of caution is good. What's not good is to think that this is the end of civilization. Speaking of civilization, listen to what Nancy Pelosi, Speaker Nancy Pelosi had to say yesterday with respect to the presidential election in 2020. Check this out. Uh, This election is a very important election. In my view, civilization as we know it at, at is at stake. Uh, it is, it, it's about everything. It's about America. We ask God to bless America. What is America? America is our constitution. America is our constitution with our, the genius of a separation of powers, Bill of a republic, if you can keep it, Benjamin Franklin, all of the Bill of Rights and all that that contains, and that is under siege. It is I think there's a disloyalty to the Constitution. What is America? America is we the people. It is the beautiful diversity of America. Okay, and now she's saying this in response to an overall comment about immigrants in America. The two things I took away from this is, number one, how are we losing our civilization here? How is there an attack on our Constitution or a disloyalty to the Constitution, as she says? Are we losing the wheel? Do we no longer have electricity? Do we no longer have um, cars? What's the story? And the second thing is, it'd be inappropriate or I would be remiss if I didn't respect my elders, of course. Clearly, she is a woman of age, a woman of quite a bit of accomplishment in politics, and a woman that stutters and and really sounds somewhat unfit to, to be wielding the amount of power that she does. People make jokes about her being drunk. I really do think that this is one of those situations like when you're on the road and you see a car and you're like, oh, look at this idiot. This guy's drunk. And then you pull up and it's not an idiot and he's not a guy. It's an older person and they can barely see over the steering wheel. And you're like, oh, what a cute old person. This person is probably not as confident of a driver as they once were. I think this is part of what we're seeing. And I guess... The term for me right now is what they call ageism, right? I'm an ageist because I'm saying that I think her age uh, brings experience. But at the same time, I think it's bringing this type of rambling that we see with, with Joe Biden. And we're also seeing it with Nancy Pelosi. And some would argue that you see it in Trump. I personally don't think we see it in Trump. I think what we see from Trump is very shrewd and, and quite frankly, very comical. I think he's very sharp-witted and his timing is impeccable. But with Nancy Pelosi... And with respect to her comments about immigration and America being degraded, I think she's off base. But let me give you more context. Listen to her, the rest of this comment here, with respect to uh, Native Americans. 
unless you were blessed to be born a Native American, which is a blessing to you and those of us who love you and to America, we are a nation of immigrants who are being denigrated. And every newcomer to America with hopes, dreams, aspirations uh, for a better life for their children in the future, those are American traits, and those newcomers have made America more American. I'm just going to pause her right there, and I'm going to, you know, Quote the great one, Mark Levin, who often says, no, no, we are a nation of citizens. And he's right. We are a nation of citizens. And when we take our pledge to allegiance in this country, right, we pledge allegiance to the flag. But it's very clear in our pledge. We pledge allegiance to the flag and what? And the republic for which it stands. Not the democracy, not the immigrant, not anything but the republic for which it stands. So when we put our hand over our heart and pledge allegiance to our flag, we're not pledging allegiance to a flag. We are pledging allegiance to America. And that's the common thread amongst all of us. That's the beauty of assimilation. No matter where you come from, irrespective of your background, what we all have in common is our Americanism. That's the key. And this is exactly what she's kind of coming at. She's going against pushing aside, setting asunder. You pick the uh, the cliche. This is what she's doing. When she continually asks, what is America? We already know what America is. If we've read the founding documents, which sleepy, creepy, quid pro Joe can't appropriately cite or recite, but we know these things. And if we don't, we should know them. This is what it means to be an American, to pledge allegiance to a flag that represents a republic, and I think she forgets that. Let's listen to the rest. You to do so. What is America, this beautiful land from sea to shining sea and beyond, which is being degraded almost every day uh, in D.C. and uh, again in denial about climate and the rest of that. So disloyal to the Constitution. All right. So I'm going to interrupt again. Disloyal to the Constitution, denial about climate and the rest of that. The rest of what? She doesn't even know the issues, or at least she's choosing. It's like when, when Biden says, you know the thing. My president, uh, president, uh, president, my boss. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the, go, you know the, you know the thing. You know how we talk about it. Are we the people? And uh, annexed a significant portion of it called Crimea. Right. He's saying that it was president, my boss, it's his fault. And again, I'm not trying to take aim at these guys. I've, I've dealt with this on a personal level with my dad. My point here is that I agree with the words that she's saying. I really do. When she says that there is a disloyalty to the Constitution, she's damn right. The problem is she's the one that's being disloyal to the Constitution. She's the one that's eroding our republic. She's the one that's a real threat to the democracy that we practice within our country. Not Trump. Not the Republicans. Assimilation is important. Citizenship is key. We pledge allegiance to our flag because we support this republic. And that's not something that I believe Nancy Pelosi is really committed to. Let's listen to the rest. Newcomers degrading the environment as America, our values, our values, which are being undervalued, devalued by the current uh, attitude in D.C., Pelosi isn't the only person that we can blame. Of course, there's good old Senator Bernie Sanders, who's in the fight of his life, probably the last fight he can have for president 
I don't think he's going to be running for president into his 80s. But if he should choose to, good for him and God bless him. The real deal here is that Bernie and Biden are in this clash of the titans right now to see who could be the bigger leftist, who can be the guy to take on Donald Trump. But with Bernie, the problem is he's attacking our children. So we have Pelosi coming after our civilization, then attacking citizens, and now you got Bernie attacking children. Listen to this. As a U.S. senator, I hear a lot of speeches on the floor of the Senate from conservative Republicans who tell us they believe in small government and getting the government off the backs of the American people. And I say to those hypocrites, if you believe in getting the government off the backs of the American people, please understand that it is women who have a right to control their own bodies, not the government. And my promise, my promise to you is that I will never nominate anybody to the Supreme Court or any federal court who is not 100% pro Roe v. Wade. Trump and his friends want to cut funding for Planned Parenthood. Well, we've got some bad news for them because we're going to substantially increase funding for Planned Parenthood. So this is problematic on so many levels. Number one, I'm one of Trump's friends that thinks we should defund Planned Parenthood, as well as so many other things that our government gets involved in. There isn't a need. There really isn't a need for us to fund so many of the things that we do fund. And maybe we'll get into that in a different show. Right now, I want to focus on what Bernie Sanders is saying, that we are going to substantially increase funding for Planned Parenthood. And why? I'll tell you why. Because this is probably not even an issue that he really cares about, but he's talking about it because he needs votes. Did you see how the crowd went wild when he pulled out this libertarian cliche? Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Saying that we should be in charge of our bodies, not the government. Well, hell yeah, of course we should. That's what liberty is all about. The government isn't in charge of any of our bodies. In fact, he's advocating for the government to have more influence, more funding, more whatever over our bodies. He wants Planned Parenthood to be more involved in the process related to women's uteruses and the killing of babies, coming for children. It's such an oxymoronic argument. If you don't want the government involved then don't let the government be involved. Don't vote to fund these programs. Why would you fund a program if you're in the government, you're a senator saying, we're going to increase funding. If you're increasing funding, then you're increasing the government's involvement. Uncle Sam's hand is literally inside of these women in their uterus. That's not Uncle Sam's job. Tell him to keep his hands to himself, get his hand out of there and stop killing babies. Now, check this out. It's always important that we resort to the facts. We can't just spit stuff out there. That's why I get my facts from JustFacts.com. JustFacts.com, F-A-C-T-S. JustFacts.com. And if you go to JustFacts.com slash rich, 
You could sign up for free to get their newsletter and they'll update you on all of their new stuff. And they put out new stuff pretty regularly. So I think it's something you don't want to miss. Now, you're not going to believe what suspense music dun, 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 Hillary Clinton had to say about civilization and society when we come back. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This is America. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. We're working on adding some really cool royalty-free hip-hop beats here. And if you like this stuff, give a quick shout to Mr. Super Producer, Mr. Cementa, at Rich Cementa on Twitter. Now, we're here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden, New York City. And as promised, I'm going to give you what Hillary Clinton had to say. Do you think that the the United States today um, is still um, misogynistic in many aspects of its life? I think that the unconscious biases that uh, exist in our society, in any society, even ones where on paper they've advanced much further uh, with things like paid family leave, for example, paid childcare and the like, to empower women to make their own choices, that still is at work. And the double standard, particularly in public life, and not only in political public life, but business life, uh, the life of the media and the arts and so much else. Yes, there is some absolute misogyny that certainly lives online. It didn't even sound like she even believed what she was saying. In the arts and every single thing she just mentioned is like women dominated. Have you ever been on a college campus? The majority of professors are women. There's like a guy that with a white beard and and leather patches on his tweed jacket that is known as the professor. That was like 100 years ago. Today, all of the professors are women. I mean, by and large, kindergarten teachers are women. First, second grade, seventh grade teachers are women. Men are like a rarity. They're like a fossil in the world of education. She's talking about misogyny. What we should be talking about is misandry. This dislike or disdain or prejudice against men. The education industry is completely run by women. To suggest otherwise is a lie. But here Hillary Clinton is talking about this with respect to the arts. Now you tell me, okay, back in the day, Picasso and all of that stuff. But today... There are plenty of female artists. So to me, it sounds like she's making this point because she feels like she needs to answer the question. But we're literally talking to somebody who was listed as the most admired woman in the world for like a million years in a row. Hillary Clinton, first lady, ran for president twice. I don't know. Maybe I'm off my rocker. I'm at Rich Valdez on Twitter, at Rich Valdez on all social media. Hit me up on any one of them. But let's listen to the rest of this cut. One of the challenges you had was unifying the party, particularly the Bernie Sanders wing of the party. Um, Do you think Joe Biden will be able to do that better? Is Bernie Sanders more likely to be more cooperative this time around? Well, I hope so, because his his failure. So, well, I hope so. She needed to stick her pinky in the corner of her mouth and go. (laughs) Right. Like Dr. Evil laugh. Well, I hope so. He's clearly kicking and screaming. Just watch TV. Any one of the fake news channels. He is going at Biden in in a very respectful way, but he's going at Biden. He's not bailing out. Who uh, Everybody else bailed out on Super Tuesday and fell right in line behind Biden saying, sir, yes, sir, 
hand to the forehead salute, and they got behind Biden. They fell in line. Did Bernie? Hell no. Now, here we are today. It's Tuesday again. Mini Super Tuesday. There are six primaries today. Where's Bernie? He was all over Fox News Channel last night doing a town hall. Why? Because he's trying to win. He is not falling in line. But yet, Fareed Zakaria from CNN is like, well, do you think do you think that Bernie will be falling in line a little bit better this time? And Hillary Clinton says, well, I think he would. Bull. Anyway, let's continue. And the behavior of a lot of his top aides and certainly many of his supporters um, um, up to let's the... Pause that real fast. So she's talking about, shout out to James O'Keefe, oh, kizzle my nizzle, right? That was the video. He got a bunch of Bernie bros on tape saying that they were going to burn down Milwaukee if Bernie doesn't get the nomination. She's talking about all of the video that's out there in the world of Twitter and YouTube and all the social media clips that are out there of the Bernie bros and girls who are considered Bernie bros who are threatening people, who are heckling people, shouting them down. They don't believe in civil discourse. And I'm not saying that Hillary does, but for that, either of them to pretend that this is not going south and going south quick is a lie. Convention at the convention and even up to uh, Election Day uh, was not helpful. Uh, I had thought we would unify. That's what we'd always done before. And that's what I expected. Uh, I certainly tried to do that when I ran against Barack Obama and, and worked very hard for him. So I don't know what his plans or the people around him are planning. Um, I can only hope that they understand we all have to have a singular goal of defeating Donald Trump. There is nothing more important. Four years of his uh, presidency is going to leave enough damage, uh, damage to our institutions, to the rule of law, to the expertise of our government on everything from climate change to coronavirus uh, pandemics. We cannot even imagine the damage that would be done by four more years of this kind of behavior. Four more years of rolling back regulations that have allowed the economy to jumpstart itself. Four more years of black unemployment being at the lowest levels it's ever been. Hispanic employment levels being the highest they've ever been. This is what she wants to stop. She wants to stop people like me, Latinos, Boricuas, people like me that are doing better in the Trump economy, coming up, rising in the ranks. Quash it. No bueno. Why? Because they want to win. They want to tax the rich, use the tax money to fund their programs that clearly aren't enough to go around. And they clearly don't want to support all of Bernie Sanders' crazy socialist stuff. You know, what's interesting, and this is a little bit off the beaten path, but what I find interesting is that, you know, people look at me and they're like, well, you know, some socialism, I mean, we have it all around us. We have, uh, I mean, we like roads. Are you kidding me? The government operating for the public good is not the definition of socialism. Socialism is the government structure or system that has been used by every major communist regime ever. Period. To suggest that the VA is socialism, I would say we could go as far as saying it's socialistic. But our government, by and large, is not socialist. And everybody knows that. And this is why we make a big deal about this leftward lurch towards socialism. 
It's why it's bad. It's why it's bad for you, bad for your pocketbook, and bad for America. Now, with respect to Hillary, she's doing her political doublespeak. Good for her. That's what she's got to do at this point in time because they want to take out Bernie again. They want to quash Bernie's free speech again so that they can maintain control. And they're going to. Biden is going to take this thing away. Bernie bros are going to try and burn the house down and they're going to get locked up. It's going to be some civil unrest and they're going to get everything beat out of them. And once the cops beat the snot out of them because they started to protest in the street, a.k.a. rioting, these fires are going to be put out quickly. Bernie will become an afterthought. And he'll say, I'm going to support my dear friend, Joe Biden, from the United States Senate, my colleague. And that's it. And that's going to that's a wrap for that. And then Biden's going to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm running for the United States Senate against myself. And he's going to lose. And Trump is going to win. And we're going to rebound from this little economic downturn because of coronavirus. We're going to rebound from the hysteria related to this coronavirus and the coverage of it. I mean, I, honestly, I didn't want to get into coronavirus. And I'm actually going to, I'm looking at a bunch of different audio that we have left of Scarborough and Chuck Todd and Al Sharpton and Eddie Glaude Jr. And it's really good audio. And you may have heard it, but you haven't heard how I want to put it together because they're all literally singing the same song about how Trump is screwing this and screwing that. And think of the last time a hundred people died in America because of a single cause and they made this much hype. I mean, the only thing that gets this much hype are mass shootings. Now we have a relatively small number of fatalities. And I don't say that flippantly. I do feel badly for everyone that's dying. But with respect to what we're seeing on the national level, where in Italy, 16 million people are under quarantine because they didn't take the same steps to try and restrain this virus. And quite frankly, they've had problems with many different things for the last several years. Their economy's been on the tipping point of collapse for quite a while. So I could see why they're being a little bit more aggressive to clean up the mess that they've made for themselves. But the bottom line remains, this is America. We're in the first world. We are the developed world. We set the tone for everyone else. And to me, it's no question that we are still leading the pack. Here we are in March, something that started in December, and we are maintaining the epicenter of the globe. Hollywood, New York, Disneyland, you name it, we've got it. This could have been horrific. Thank God we live in a country where you can trade your dollars for a bottle of hand sanitizer to the tune of $69. And that's a thing. You can do that, thank God. I'm not saying I encourage price gouging, but I am saying I love the free market. I love supply and demand. And I love it if I'm the guy that's got the hand sanitizer. And you would too. So while I'm not giving legal stock advice, my suggestion to myself would be go and buy stock in 3M because they make masks. Go and buy stock in the company that produces coronavirus test kits. Let's not be dumb. Let's make money while this thing's going on. That's all I got for today. I'm going to put together my own coronavirus task force, probably myself and one other person. And they're going to come in and report everything they know. I have a couple of people at the Department of Health I'm hoping to get a hold of. But until then, 
This is still America. I'm still Rich Valdez. And if you stand for nothing, you will absolutely fall for anything each and every time. And remember, the only thing that will stop evil from triumphing are good people like you to stand up and stop it. That's not me. That's Edmund Burke. And the prior is from Hamilton. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 